Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I'm your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how have you been? Good, man. Good. Great time last night at the um, at the Lakers game. I, it's funny when you go in person, you get a whole different understanding of what's really going on compared to what you're watching on TV. Um, so a lot to talk about there today. Excited about that. We did go to the Lakers versus Suns game last night. That was, a good, like you said, it was a really fun time. It was good to see you in person. I know we don't get to see each other um, in person a lot, you know, more in recent days with our families. Families, But, you know, um, it, was a, it was a good time out. Um, but, yeah, so this is going to be more of an off-the-cuff episode. Usually we have these things a little bit more planned. But after yesterday's games, kind of we had a good conversation in the car on the way back um, from the game yesterday. So I kind of want to carry that over into today's uh, episode. So I guess overall, let's 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 kind of deep dive into that game yesterday now that we were there. So we got there. We got there about an hour beforehand. Traffic was, of course, LA traffic was really bad. Um, I, I guess what was your experience like getting, getting to the arena? It was the first Laker home game of the season. Uh, what were your thoughts on getting in and looking at, watching all the players warm me up? Well... The, the I mean, traffic is traffic, right? I think it took us two hours to get there. But, you know, if you're going to sit in the PR section, just hang out at that bar. Every time I'm there, Magic Johnson walks by. Um, I got a picture with him last time. So we just said, what's up this time? Didn't get a picture. But, I mean, he's there, right? Um, you know, what was funny to me is when we got our first drink. And the bartender wasn't convinced so much about this Lakers roster. The bartender said, are you sure that this team is better than last year's team? And he said, I'm going to hold you to that. And this is somebody that is there every Laker game, like works there, probably talks a ton of sports. So I thought that was interesting. Um, watching warmups was a lot of fun. You know, we were not in the such, such, we were in a pretty good area with pretty good seats. So that, that was, that was pretty, that was good as well. Uh, but I mean, getting to the game, there was a lot of improvement that can happen that needs to happen. And a lot of this is going to fall on the coaching staff. Yeah, yeah, it was the Lakers, this, the Lakers overall, I guess let's get into the game right now too. Um, the Lakers played about a C minus game. It was they let Kevin Durant go crazy in the third, and then just their, their their shots just weren't falling. So this was a below average game for the Lakers. Overall, the game was fun to go to. It was a good atmosphere, good good first home game. The home crowd was great. Um, even the Suns fans, for as scarce as they were, were pretty respectful. There was a random kid in a KD Sonics jersey in front of us. Did you see that? I thought that was funny. Like what? Well, I, I guess what I did, we were overall. Yeah. yeah, he kept getting up with his girlfriend and pissing off the people that were right in front of us. Um, but yeah, I, I did see him. Like a lot of people randomly get up. Like we're it's in the middle of a quarter and they're trying to get up. Like wait until there's a stop in the stop in the action. Like we're not we're not we don't pay the you know pay for our seats to go and watch the the game on the scoreboard. Like wait until there's a, there's a stoppage in time. But I guess overall. What were your thoughts about the? We'll get into more generalizations later, but overall thoughts in the Laker game. Uh, let's focus more on the Lakers. What were your thoughts on the general Lakers yesterday? Okay, so number one, turnovers, just a ton, right? Number two, lack of identity and who's who's really bringing the ball up, who's facilitating, 
Um, I sent you some audio. I don't know if you saw it this morning. Um, and it's LeBron going to the coaching staff during the game and saying, hey, do you know I can also play point guard? Because there is a, a lack of point guard yesterday. Sure, you have D'Angelo Russell, 33 minutes, shot okay. Uh, but but when he wasn't in the lineup, there was really no point guard. I know I know Gabe Vincent is listed as a point guard, but when he was in with Austin Reeves, Austin Reeves brought up the ball most of the time. And Austin Reeves, I'm not saying he doesn't have any handles, but he's more of a catch on the wing and go guy. And so it just looked really awkward, which led to a lot of turnovers. I did not see LeBron James bring the ball up as much, and I thought that was a little awkward, but I guess it was by design. I think James would have been good in those situations where there were turnovers if they put the ball in his hands, but I'm not sure what this coaching staff is doing. I felt like Christian Wood could have played more minutes. He was at 21. I thought Gabe Vincent played 35 minutes, shot 3 for 10, 0 for 5 from 3. I get it. It's early in the season, but you better pick it up quickly, man, because that's not going to cut it. Um, In regard to turnovers, you know, yeah, LeBron said, let me be point guard, but he also was the leader in turnovers with five. So would it be a point guard led to more turnovers or was it the lack of nobody knowing who's going to be the facilitator leading the turnovers? I don't know. There was a lot of careless passing yesterday. Like a lot of careless passes. It just seemed like the Lakers were on. Like, okay, we'll 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 we'll, we'll be serious when we need to be serious, and they were serious in the fourth. But they got out of that seven zero lead and then just took their gas their, their foot off the gas. Like they didn't really, you know, push it as much. Like like let's transition a little bit to the Suns here. The Suns came in here without Devin Booker, without Bradley Beal, but it seemed like they were they were getting to every loose ball. They were just playing with a generally much better energy than the Lakers in that first half. And then Kevin Durant did his Kevin Durant thing in the third, which was beautiful to watch. Absolutely beautiful. Just hit contested jumper, mid-range jumper after contested mid-range jumper, which, you know, you love. So talk about the Suns um, in, you know, in more general sense um, with, you know, with how, how they played last night. Okay, they did as, as, as best as they possibly could with what they had. Right. Um, I thought Kevin Durant was brilliant in not not forcing shots up. I mean, he did take 28 shots. He made 14 of them, 50%, right? But they were like shots that were all good shots. They were all a lot of them were curling off a screen mid-range. And you know that jumper is so smooth from that range from Kevin Durant. So I just thought, you know, he didn't force too many threes. He did shoot five. I think a lot of those were later in the game, and he was trying to bring them back. I mean, Rebounds-wise, 11 for Durant. I, I think Durant just bought out. He was a plus 18. So that was really good to see. I felt bad with um, Eric Gordon. I'm used to seeing Eric Gordon from the Rockets, and I was just like, man, he's a little slow. He lost a step, and when you play the way he plays, it, it shows. I mean, he was still able to get some baskets, but some of them were just silly. Like there was occasions where he was beating Reeves or he was beating a Lakers elite young defender and scoring or getting by him. I, a lot of the moves were grown man, smart moves, right? The up and unders, the go arounds. But uh, Grayson Allen was Grayson Allen. He's a minus two. 
Uh, Eric Gordon was a minus 27. So even though he was in there, you could tell he wasn't really doing anything great for him. I thought the only other player off the bench that was doing something was Goodwin. But other than that, man, there's this should have been a blowout, Matt. Uh, the Lakers are fortunate to only, I, I mean, to win, but this team is the Suns don't have anyone right now besides Durant, and you have Anthony Davis. You are, and you have you have LeBron. Like you're healthy, so disappointing. Happy we got the win. Um, I like what I saw from Durant. I feel like when they get. If they had if they had Booker or if they had Beal, they would have easily convincingly win. Yeah, the Suns, uh, that's what happens when you have three guys making 30, 40 plus million dollars and everyone else kind of like on a minimum contract outside of like a Yusuf Nurkic or a Nasir Little. Um, the only guys making kind of like in, in that mid-range 11 million dollar range. So it was just like it was a lineup without Kevin Durant out there where everyone the collective Suns lineup was making less than Anthony Davis or LeBron James so that's kind of what you're kind of trotting out there but then it also just takes energy they played with a lot of energy Joshua Kogi Goodwin had just amazing performances in that first half it didn't follow up to the second half the Lakers did make, make some adjustments on them including Gabe Vincent kind of being on Goodwin and kind of just shadowing him but then Eric Gordon like you mentioned he's he's old man He's like LeBron James. He can only kind of give you like maybe a half of excellent basketball. Like he did. Like that first half was really more about the role players. Eric Gordon played well. Like I mentioned, Goodwin and Nakogi, and then Kevin Durant was in the third quarter. But that fourth quarter, man, Kevin Durant was like two of nine, and the rest, or he, he, and then the rest of the role players were one of ten. So that kind of shows you what. And he was getting doubled. They couldn't get open. You Nurtich tried to do too much. He threw the ball out of bounds. So yeah. So the role players did not step up. But that's kind of what you pay for, right? Like if you're the Suns, if your two forty million dollar players aren't going to be playing, you're going to be running a, a, a team out there of less than um, replacement level players. So good for the Suns to hang in there. The Lakers, though, ooh, the Lakers. Uh, you had mentioned earlier, uh, we had talked a lot about point guard, and, and we talked about last night about the lack of point guards for the Lakers. Oh, as far as the Darvin Hammond, let's, let's get into that. Basically, he's saying, y'all know I can, to the coaching staff, I can play point guard too, right? Yeah, he says he could play point with Rui in there or Austin and TP at the two and three. Um. But why does he need to tell his coaching staff that? Shouldn't they know he can already play point guard? Like it, 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 it sounds to me LeBron was unhappy with what's going around. Then he goes around and says everyone's just floating around out there, which we saw. There was a point in the game, Matt, where no one wanted to shoot the ball. I, I get it. Like We won because we had fast breaks and LeBron just ran the ball you know, with, with the burst of energy that he had. But when we were playing five-on-five five basketball, it looked pretty bad at one point. We were tied, needed a score, and no one knew what to do with the ball. There, I mean, and and I want you to, like we said, there's there's a lack of point guard. Well, D'Angelo Russell has to get his fair shot. Gabe Vincent has to get his fair, their fair shots to be the point guard. We can't. I don't believe the Lakers are going to come to rash decisions uh, about the point guard two games into the season. They're going to run into their it's going to take time for this team to gel. Um, 
I know that D'Angelo did come in on the offseason, but the Lakers did add a few more pieces to try to integrate into the system. So LeBron James at point guard is kind of a default. Like if we need a bucket, like we saw last night, like, okay, just give the ball to LeBron and get out of the way. We're going to run a pick and roll with Anthony Davis, and then he's going to get downhill and score on Yusuf Nurkic. That's just what happened. Like, even LeBron, for as great as he did, didn't really shoot the ball well. He only made one three, and he didn't really make too many uh, mid-range jumpers. It was all at the rim. So as, as, for, as well as LeBron did yesterday, it was all it was all um, shots at the basket like as far as the the players couldn't shoot yes they couldn't collectively shoot yesterday like i, I think they went they only made five threes yesterday and, and they shot like 20 like 33s or something like that so the lakers just need to do a better job of making open shots but as far as a, a point guard's concern you know addressing that with with, with um with with ham i think it was more of a response to what you know they didn't want to lose to Denver again, so you know make me point guard. Let's try to win this thing as opposed to having it be a small part of the process. Like yes, LeBron, we know you could be dominant and we know you could do this, but let's give these guys a chance to try to run the show and run run the plays that I uh, we want to run. So it was, it, it's 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 LeBron can do that, but yes, I think in this early of the season they have to be more patient. What do you think? Well, I I, I really I mean. I don't have faith in Gabe Vincent to be a point guard. I, I don't care what he did with Miami. He averages career-wise maybe two assists per game. Maybe he can score. Sure. We've seen him put up nine points, nine points a game last season, nine points a game the prior season, and he could shoot. He could shoot 30, 30, 33 to 36% from the three, 40% from the field. I'm not saying he's a horrible player, but he's not a point guard. He's really not. If you're averaging less than two assists, you're not a point guard. Uh, I The only person that can pass on this team that is a good passer is literally D'Lo and then LeBron. And I get it. If you don't want to put the ball in LeBron's hands, you need to save his burst for the ends. You need to save his energy. There's a point guard pandemic with this team. Even if D'Lo proves himself, you still need a backup point guard. You need a point guard if someone gets hurt. I think they're really missing a point guard. And from what we saw yesterday, clearly a shooter. But what I don't understand, and I, I what I've been hearing, is that Max Christie is a lights-out shooter. And I, I don't know why he doesn't play. Because I'd like to see. There's not much I saw yesterday that was impressed me that where I couldn't see Max Christie come in. So I don't know. If that's something that's in uh, Darvin Ham's plans, but again, um, I you know let's talk about some of the things we talked about yesterday. Like, if if this is a bust, right, and you got to make some trades, you need a point guard. Who are you going to get? Who's who's who are some of the options that we got in December? We yeah. So we, we talked about yesterday was because D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura signed those 18 roughly million dollar contracts in the offseason um you can't trade them or extensions you really can't trade them until december so when that time comes you're looking at potentially a i i brought a couple of different options we went through each team honestly i know you wanted like a rookie point guard 
like a Scoot Henderson or like an Amen Thompson. Like I know you like let's get some young people in there. Like I guess that's why you mentioned Max Christie as far as point guards. But if you're gonna get someone that young, you're gonna have to be trading like a superstar to get them. Like you're gonna have to be trading of Anthony Davis, which I don't see the Lakers doing. So if you're looking at the contracts of D'Lo and looking at Rui, because that's really the only players the Lakers can trade. You can't really trade a Reeves, Jackson Hayes. The numbers don't get there. You're looking at, you know, would you trade Rui Hachimura and D'Lo and probably a pick for Kyrie Irving? I think there's, uh, now that I'm looking at the roster, like there's a couple players on Dallas that I'd like to get. I don't know if there could be a multiplayer deal. Like, we could use someone like Seth Curry. Imagine Seth Curry and Kyrie. I don't know who we'd have to give up, but there's your shooter. And then there's your ball handler. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Seth Curry, potentially. I, I could see that. Um, this defensively is also a liability. But if you're looking for a, a, a pure point guard in Kyrie, which he is, um, he could also get you buckets, can also shoot. So that's kind of your your ideal point guard for sure. And then Steph Curry is you know, Steph Curry's brother. He's going to be a 40% three-point shooter. So in I, I could definitely see that. I don't think Seth Curry can be a backup point guard, more like a backup shooting guard, because I don't see him you know, controlling the offense, making a lot of passes, just really just more for shooting. So if the Lakers were to include another another person to get a Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving, that's something we'd definitely talk about. If the if if the Dallas Mavericks start off mid, start off five hundred, Lakers don't play. Maybe start off the same way five hundred. There has to be some sort of moves that need to be made. So that's another move that needs to be made. But then a name you brought up yesterday, and I'll bring up now, um, a, a player that's going through some turmoil right now is with. With, with some planes and getting on planes and teams getting fined. One, James Harden of the Philadelphia 76ers. So would you trade D'Lo, Rui, and potentially a pick, or might not, not even be a pick at this point, for James Harden? I, I, I really think there's a value in Harden. He just needs to be in the right place with the right people around him. And I think, I mean... He's at a he's at a make or break situation, Matt. Like either he, this is it. Like he may he may not even get a chance. NBA teams may just be done with him. I think they're all at a point where they're like, we're tired of players bullying us to go where they want to go. And I feel like that's that. Like Dame was maybe the last guy that got in with that. Like okay, now now you got Harden, and I don't think owners are like everyone's just standing firm together. So. If a team takes a chance on him, he knows that. I would hope he's smart enough to know, like, hey, this is it for me. Like, if I don't ball out here, then I'm done. I'm going to go overseas. So I would take a chance on him. I feel like he's a very good passer. I know he's lost a step. There's no getting that back, right? You just don't you don't lose a step and then get it back as you get older. But... I feel like he's a good enough knockdown shooter when open and that he can pass and that he has decent enough handles to be a number three. He's not going to be the person you, you take to depend on getting that last shot. In Philadelphia, he was technically the number two, even though Tyrese Maxey may be better than him. Um, to and be clear, number three or number one. On the Lakers, he would be of the clear number three to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. 
So uh, James Harden, because he did win the assist title last year, like you mentioned yesterday, and he's still a knockdown shooter. So outside of the defense, though, like, are you willing to sacrifice James Harden's defense for what you're losing in D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura? Well, I'm not losing any defense with D'Lo. Um, well, I don't want to give up Rui Hachimura. That's where I have to think about this. That's where I have to get analytical. I think Rui is very young. I think he's 25, if I'm correct. He could be off by a little bit, but he has a ton of upside. He's willing to work. He was in working with LeBron. Um, I think that's where we just have to really see what happens until December. The, the guy was only given 12 minutes yesterday, and he's a power forward. The issue is, I think you have too many power forwards. I think you got Christian Wood, who I love. I I I find he's like, if you watch the game, it may you look at his stat line. Yeah, he had seven points and ten rebounds, but he got some big rebounds. And him and AD that lineup together was pretty damn good in terms of, you know, a team that wasn't that didn't have much size, and it felt good to not like the whole game. I felt like Phoenix was getting second chance shots. Then when you had Dwight, um, not Dwight, when you had um, AD, AD and Wood in at the same time, they were boarding up everything in the fourth quarter, which led to that comeback. So you just have a lot of power forwards. Now, can Rui adjust his game to be a small forward? Maybe. Or maybe I, I guess you have to give up one of them because you, you don't need both of them, right? Well, you need a backup, right? Like, you're not just going to run out just AD and LeBron playing 35, 40 minutes a night, unless that's what you're expecting. No, no, you know what? I think I like both of them because AD will get hurt. Knock on wood. I hope he doesn't get hurt. But they're, they're a solid two bigs to have if AD does go down for a little bit of time. So that's where I really wouldn't want to move him. I, just based off yesterday, I just feel like, I mean, if we're going to go through players that I feel like just off the preliminary – I, I really I gotta see something from Vincent. I don't even know if we could get anything. I know Hayes is 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 new. I don't know what Cam Reddish is doing there. I know he plays a little bit of defense, but um, like you figure, Cam Reddish's minutes are gonna go to um, Vanderbilt when he returns from injury, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So then he's gonna probably get dropped, dropped to the G League. Um, I, I, I less. I mean, this was his time to show something, and he took five he shots. A lot of, yeah, he missed a lot of open threes in the corner. Like, they set up a plays for him to get open threes in the corner, especially at the end of the first half. He just couldn't hit a thing. And with, with 12 minutes, all he was able to do was bring down one rebound, no assists, no steals. Um, just seems like 12 minutes that could have gone to Huchi, uh, Hashimura, you know? Where he had seven points, one block, one steal in 12 minutes. You know, could he have had 14 points, two blocks, two steals, maybe a couple boards? Probably much better ROI with Hachimura than um, Cam Reddish. But again, that's why one gets paid, what, $16 million and one gets paid the very minimum. 100%, right? That's, that's, that's what you get for You get what you pay for mostly. Outside of like a Westbrook from last season, but yeah, you, you, you get what you pay for. Uh, the Lakers, 
we talked about yesterday too. Let's, let me, we, when we had talked about this with the with the bartender too, like is this team actually better than they are last season? And we kind of went through it, right? So do you still do you still think that? Because we you, you had mentioned that to me last night, and like mm, I don't know about that. Do you still feel that way this morning? I, I, I because of Wood, who I like a lot, and. I would say the development of Hachimura, I'd say this team is better. Um, and Torian Prince, you know, he didn't have any points over five, but let's give him a couple games. But I don't think they're much better, Matt. But with that being said, that team made the Western Conference Finals. So maybe you just need to get a little bit better. But Right. I- it's it's really about, about the chemistry at this point. That team, with half a season together, were the second best team I guess, potentially in the league, at least the second best team in the Western Conference Finals. So if you're looking at it in a a broader stroke, you're looking at Denver, who proved that they were still head and shoulders better than the Lakers. I I don't think they're head and shoulders better, but they're better than the Lakers. Yes. You can't you can't can't deny that. And then you're looking at a Boston who got Porzingis, who balled out against the Knicks. Fabulous. got. Great right. pickup so far, thus far. Like I, yeah, great pickup, good, good. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Marcus Smart for Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday potentially the best point of attack defender in the league, and then with him and Derek White, that backcourt's going to give Dame a lot of fits. And then you have, like I said, mentioned Dame, Dame in Milwaukee with Giannis now. So between those three teams, those are the three teams I think the Lakers are looking up at. But then, do you include the Suns in that if they had Booker and they had, um, and they have Beal? Because we we were ta- we've been talking about a lot of Laker point guards today. The point guard for the Suns right now that was the issue they had yesterday. They had no true point guard. They had to depend on Eric Gordon to be their point guard, which he's not a point guard. And they didn't have great ball handlers yesterday. Uh, they're they're depending on Devin Booker to be the point guard of that team, which. What was well did well against the Warriors, but I think long term, I don't think that's going to work. What What do you think about the Suns and their lack of point guard depth? I think they're right there with the Lakers, Matt. I don't think so. Those three teams you me you mentioned are definitively better than the Lakers. Definitively, they're better. I would say currently, yes, they're better. They're a better team. Yes, but, yes, right now, yes. But 1,000%. I'm not going to say that the Lakers are better than. The Golden, I'm not going to say, I think, I don't think they're better than the Warriors. They haven't shown me that they're better than the Warriors. I'm not saying the Warriors are better, but I'm saying that's your second class of teams now. Now you have the Phoenix Suns, right? Because they're unproven, right? You have the Lakers who haven't shown us anything, right? You have, you have, um, so you have the Warriors, you have the Suns, you have the Lakers. I put the Clippers there. That's four teams right there that all could, that have upside but they're not quite there yet. So not only are they competing with the three teams that are better than them, who you say they play limited time, which is true, but you have these other set of teams that we don't quite know what they are yet, but they got a chance to be really really good. So essentially they're competing with, you know, seven or eight teams, some that are in the same league with them. Some maybe a little below, some maybe a little above, you know, some would say maybe Phoenix is a little above. We don't know yet because we haven't seen, how the starters play, how many minutes they can play to see how good they really are. So I I, I really don't know um, in regard to what were you asking? No, just about the, the, the point guard for the Suns, right? 
Like that was the whole thing. They couldn't bring the ball up. There was no, no, no. You're right. Them, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. I mean, there's no point guard. They don't have point guard. Grayson Allen was bringing the ball up, and he can't dribble. He would just all Grayson Allen does is play defense, which is good. That's his thing. But like he dribbles up, he gets caught up in the air, and then he dishes it out. Like he's a waiting pick to be to to be seen. Like you know, once he goes up, he's looking for someone midair. Never takes a shot. Um. Eric Gordon's not a point guard. Devin Booker's not a point guard. The law, uh, the loss. Chris Paul hurts more than you think. They don't have a point guard, so they're in a similar situation to a lot of other teams, I guess you could say. Yeah, the Suns looked. Man, that fourth quarter for them was just so bad. Once you doubled KD, they couldn't find any any offense in that fourth quarter. So I kind of felt bad for them, but you know. I, there was so much cheering going around where it was just us who were just kind of silent because I'm like, how could they be operating so badly, but they don't have a point guard? It was just, KD tries to, KD gets double teamed by AD and Christian Wood with all that length guarding him. He wasn't able to do much in that fourth quarter. So if you just watch the fourth quarter, you know, he, he was, uh, he was pretty much, you know, defended very well so he had a pretty bad for that third quarter though this throwback quarter um let's move to lebron james and kevin durant those are the first time they had played each other we had, yeah, had mentioned this on the radio as we we're coming up there the first time they had played each other in a regular season games since 2018 after all the battles they had in the playoffs with the warriors and and, and the Cavs. um this legendary you know twosome First time they played each other since 2018. So as far as LeBron and AD, uh, KD, as I should say, what what are your thoughts on that on that rivalry between those two guys? Do you kind of view this century as more of a, K, a um, LeBron versus KD or LeBron versus Steph Curry? Uh, it's LeBron versus Steph Curry, just because we've seen so many matchups between the two that have been so phenomenal. Uh, I think the lack of them not playing each other doesn't make it a rivalry really um in fact there was less than a handful of times where they actually guarded each other so it it's not a rivalry um it, it's great to have them both play right we saw two different things but you know i would say the lebron curry is more of a realistic thing i agree it's it's lebron and steph curry that's going to be the defining rivalry of this generation um Another thing I had mentioned um, in our on our car, on our ride yesterday, we saw Anthony Davis. He did have twenty five points. He honestly should have had more. He missed a lot of bunnies around the rim, um, and he still couldn't make a shot. Maybe one three, and then everything else was out the rim. His mid range wasn't falling, and AD also did not have any points in the second half of that Denver game, which really hurt the Lakers. He was being a lot more passive, letting the guards shoot. But if you're gonna be the center of the Lakers, you kind of have to be the alpha dog, which we haven't seen from Anthony Davis in five seasons. Because of this, like we thought that we're hoping as Laker fans that this was going to happen in, in this offseason. Off season, LeBron was okay playing 28 to 30 minutes because AD could you know take care of the offense once LeBron James wasn't on the floor. But that wasn't the case. So with AD potentially not being the alpha dog of the team, a trade was floated out there by some a few pundits, Nick Wright included. If you're the Lakers, would you be trading like an Anthony Davis for a Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers? I would. I mentioned this yesterday. 
I I've written with Davis since he came from the Pelicans, and it's just it's it's not so much that he doesn't show up all the time or is inconsistent. Um, it's that he's gone half the season. So at this point, if I could get someone a little bit younger, which I'd be getting, yeah, I'd make the trade in a heartbeat. Oh man, yeah, it's I I always hearken back to Joel Embiid just not showing up in the playoffs. Like he had so many opportunities to be the like the Shaq, the main guy, main center, the main alpha dog in the league outside of because it was it's been Jokic and he won the MVP last season and then no showed in the playoffs again. So for for him to be the alpha dog, yes, he is the main guy on that Philadelphia team, but he hasn't shown it by by his play in the playoffs. So I'd be a little bit more concerned about. Trading him, I would honestly have to look at it a little bit more. I kind of still like AD's defense better, but yeah, it's something the Lakers should definitely look at if AD's not going to be the alpha dog of this team. All right, Gons, we're 30 minutes in. Is there anything we forgot to mention about the game last night um, that you wanted to get into? I just thought of a player, point guard, someone affordable, someone that's a free agent in 2024, so might be probably going to get traded this year for someone that needs him. Someone that put up 20 points the other day, but can pass his odd seasons where he's seven, eight assists. Who am I thinking of, Matt? Mike Conley? No, we didn't talk about this guy yesterday. He uh, plays on a Western Conference team. Expiring contract, Western Conference team. Um... He, had, he had 20 points for eight for 16, shot three for five with three points. Against the Clippers, five assists, two rebounds. Um, he's 30 years old, 6'5", good-sized point guard, and he's a real point guard. We didn't even think about Malcolm him. Brogdon? Yes. Yes. You think Malcolm Brogdon's going to be the point, uh, the, point, uh, the point guard? Well, he's 30 years old? He's 30 years old. And he's... Dude, I mean, yeah, he was... Um, you know he had a he had a down year last year for sure. His average went from like twenty points to fifteen, and he went from like five, uh, you know, six assists to four. But I think a lot of that had to do with uh, minutes. You know, he dropped down significantly in minutes. Um, and Boston is just, you know, they had a lot of players and play him. But this guy, he's thirty years old. I've seen him play. He's great. I think he was close to being an All Star one year. He he makes twenty two million a year. It's a I, just throwing it out there. He's going to be a free agent, so you know a team's going to look to move his contract. Yeah, then you're looking at a D'Angelo Russell and a lower like like a Jackson Hayes or something like that to get that deal done because um, you have to get to the, match the contracts. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, there was a lot of concern, kind of like AD, AD with his injury injury past, so. He could, could potentially be an option, especially since he's coming off the bench in Portland because Portland wants to be playing Scoot Henderson um, and Fernie and Simons you know, in that backcourt. So if he uh, – they do need a veteran presence there, but Malcolm Brogdon, as, as a third-year-old, potentially still could contribute to a championship-level team. So that's a good idea, Gons. We didn't, we didn't mention him yesterday. So if, if this D'Lo thing doesn't work out – because. Can Malcolm Brogdon be the third guy? Because essentially, 
D'Lo is supposed to be the third guy on this team, right? Like, I know people will say Austin Reeves is supposed to be the third guy on this team, but in, in, in realistically, it's supposed to be D'Angelo Russell, who has the capability of scoring 20 points a game. Can Malcolm Brogdon now, as opposed to the player he was before he got to the Celtics, um, get to get, be that third guy on a championship? Like, I guess we had mentioned this. Can, can Malcolm Brogdon be the third player in a championship team? I think he has a better chance than D'Lo. From watching D'Lo for all these years, yes, my belief. Okay, um, I kind of want to see more, a little more about Brogdon. I still want to believe in D'Angelo Russell. The Lakers did draft him, but I get it. Where we're just kind of impatient with them, uh, especially what happened last year, last year's um, game against a uh, playoff series against Denver, and the first game of the season, or a couple first couple games of the season here with the Lakers. So. Anything else I want to touch on, Gons, from the game yesterday? Uh, no, man. Good. All right. So as far as the the association goes, it did start on Tuesday. Any <laughs> did, did you see anything from the last last few um, last few days of games, Gons, that you want to touch on before we leave today? No, I just nope. I mean, the Clippers they look good, really good. I know they played Portland, but let's see what they do against Utah. They should destroy them too. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait till they play a good team, but. Damn, they look good. No, they. We looked at their schedule. It's like it was the it was the Blazers. It was Utah. It was San Antonio, and it was Orlando before they played the Lakers on November first. Do you think the Clippers are four and zero going into that Laker game on November first? Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. November first, we'll we'll, we'll we'll review that game for sure because I want to get I want to deep dive into that Clipper team um, to see what after those first four games, you know, um, see how they're doing. So I know you got to go, Gons. I'll talk to you later. Later. In closing today, I th- what we saw from LeBron James. I look up in the end of the third quarter, he has eleven points. I'm like, he has somewhat. He was making a lot of lazy passes, but eleven points. Like he's got to step it up, and boy, did he step it up. 10 points in that fourth quarter, clutch shot after clutch shot. But like I mentioned, it was more at the rim as opposed to shots. But regardless, he was still making them. He was still getting by um, Yusuf Nurkic, who needs to work on his um, defense inside. But he was still getting around him, and he was still scoring. The oldest player in the NBA currently with Jonas Haslam and Iguodala, Andre Iguodala retiring from the league. He is now the oldest player in the league. And for him to be doing that, for him to still be a walking mismatch to anyone who's guarding him, except Yuta Watanabe did get him once. But other than that, if you run a pick and roll with AD, with him getting downhill, he's still fairly unstoppable. And for him to do that, year 21, you have to sit and appreciate you know that sort of player like that. We're never going to see a player like that dominate that well in year 21 we've seen players last year 21 we've seen vince carter we've seen kareem abdul jabbar we even saw you know kobe bryant didn't get to year 21 but uh, kevin garnett didn't get to year 21 michael jordan had to have have to, had to retire retire twice to play at the, at the age of 40 but you know players at year 21 you're averaging you know five four five six points a game He's gonna average. He's still gonna average his his normal seventeen seven and the twenty seven seven and seven. It doesn't look like he's gonna slow down. His shot may be you know worse, which is weird because usually when you get older, your shot's still there, but everything else slows down. But physically, he still looks like a dynamo. So appreciate LeBron James. I know there's a lot of LeBron James haters, and I I might get flamed for this, but 
LeBron James is a special player, one of the top players in the league. I'm not going to get into whether he's top one, two, or three, but he's a special, special player. Yes, he there. there's quirks to his game. There's quirks to being a teammate of his, but what he's still doing and what he did in that fourth quarter of yesterday's game, you have to just sit down and appreciate that man for what he's doing for the game and advancing the game. Um, getting eyeballs on the product and just appreciate what he's what, what he's doing for the game. So just wanted to highlight that because what he did was very, very special yesterday. Um, we're never going to see it. And it's good to see him and KD get back at it again. And not, again, not since 2018. Um, he did mention after the game, LeBron James, that you're not going to get in a lot of these games anymore. You're going to get the three additional games against the Suns this season. Um, but I did try to highlight the, you know, them dapping each other up after, at the end of the game. I might post that on our uh, on socials. So, yeah, um, it was fun yesterday. Again, the Lakers played kind of a C-minus game. If they had just hit their open shots, they might have blown this team out because we had some bets going and the Lakers at minus six and a half. That didn't quite pan out. I was hoping and praying there at the end that the Lakers would get some more shots and the, the Suns would miss and the backdoor cover there. But that did not quite happen. So. The Lakers, they're still a work in progress. They still have a lot of pieces they added in the offseason. I kind of had to convince Gons yesterday that they were better than last year's team because they did add a Christian Wood and add a lot of players. So, so yeah, um, the Lakers are better than last season. They just need some time to gel with this new group, especially to get the rotations down, too. With, with Vanderbilt out, you had Cam Reddish, who actually played a fairly decent game. Um, defensively, at least, he couldn't hit an open shot. So I wouldn't say it's decent. He played fine, played okay. So other than that, I'm um, sorry this was more of a uh, Lakers Sun centric uh, episode, but we did attend that game actually. We kind of saw that all in person. So we'll try to touch on other teams in go- moving forward, um, like we did, like we have been doing the last few podcasts. So it's not just going to be a Lakers centric podcast. We are going to hit up the other teams, but it was kind of a special, special deal for this one. Thank you all for the support. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend.